Hey, here we go for another week of Sports Talk. We're off and running on a Monday. I am Scott Beatty, your host, along with co-host Evan Kahn. We have you for the first hour. And in the second hour, the sports writers of the News Gazette and AlinaHQ.com are live at the Esquire with Athletic Director Josh Whitman as their guests. But preceding him, today in the first hour, Shauna Green, head coach of Illinois Women's Basketball after their Big Ten tournament experience, they are awaiting their selection fate for March Madness. So are the Illini men, but they've got a Big Ten tournament to play first. So we'll get into all that as we welcome you aboard. And hey, do want to just uh, mention we're uh, uh, reminded today about uh, just the connections we share here on radio uh, with you and uh, how often uh, we're privileged to have your companionship. We had a, a loyal listener lose a friend and had reached out to us, and uh, we know you're hurting, and uh, we know it's tough, and we're we're just a privilege to be a part of your your life. And, um, yeah, we, we talk sports here. We have some fun. Sometimes we do serious stuff uh, on the radio. Sometimes we do absolutely meaningless things on the radio, but we're really glad to be with you. Um here we go, Evan. March Madness. Maddening. March March was maddening yesterday, um, but I was, obviously with baseball, I didn't see the game live. I, I saw clips and highlights, and um, Illinois could have hardly played much worse in the first half, and they could have hardly played better <laughs> in the second half. And if you bottle up what was in the second half, I don't really know where to put a limit on Illinois men's hoops in the tournament. And if you take what you get in the first half, I think we're talking about another first or second round exit. I feel like we've done this show before. <laughs> yeah, have, yeah. Has this been said over the last six, eight weeks? Uh, this this is what, what this team is, yeah. especially with, with 18 to 24-year-olds. Um, you, you see the talent, and when it's at its best, they're 19 points better than Purdue. And at their worst, they're 19 points worse than Purdue, and that can that can happen in a hurry either way. But uh, you 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 like the fight, you like the the comeback, the the fact that to come back from 24 points down means that you have to do all, almost all things right. You have to get stops, and you have to to score on the offensive end. So things were going well, but to to put yourself in that hole time and time and time again. Um, that I, I, I can understand where the maddening comes in. Here's some things I think we do not need to wait to see the Big Ten tournament or March Madness to draw conclusions. It's an up-and-down team. It's an inconsistent team. The talent level is exactly what the experts, if you want to put in quotes or, or not, that and whether you want to include anybody here in that <laughs> category, saw at the beginning of the year. Before the season, like, look out what Illinois could be. And uh, they just flat out don't execute certain things at times. And when they do, they're really good. Mm -hmm. And I'm the other conclusion I'm drawing is, you know, it feels like there's still comments made about, like, the jury's out on their ability to shoot three-pointers. They're just not a good shooting, three-point shooting team. That doesn't mean they don't ever get them, but... They're just, they're just not. Well, again, if you, you look back at that game, first half, they shoot something like 20% from three. Second half, 
taking good threes. They shot 42% from three. So, so to say that they're bad at shooting threes is a flat-out lie. I mean, Matthew okay. Meyer shoots threes. But uh, I kind of want to say Shannon that- shoots threes. Luke Goody shoots threes. That's almost half your rotation there. We've seen Coleman Hawkins make five threes in a game. It's shot selection. It's being disciplined. It's not getting bored with the process of playing defense and running through your sets on the offensive end. They did the same thing against Michigan when they got up by seven. It's like, okay, I could I could just chuck threes. I, I saw an NBA player chuck two threes within five seconds and then refuse to play transition defense. This is a, an actual pro who is getting a, a, a contract. So I promise we're not that special. It happens to a lot of basketball teams and a lot uh, of basketball players. But when you, when you take the easy road, and you take the easy way out, that's how you shoot 10-15% from three and get down by 20 continuously. Yeah, but I almost want to say it, though, to 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 get the response back that, no, 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 we can do this. You know, no, we actually can shoot and at a high clip. No, you can't. Look at your numbers. Well, yeah, we can if, see, oh, yeah, do the thing that Evan just said, you know, well, where you execute. Well, that and when... A lot of it early on, you know, Coleman Hawkins taking too many threes. I think Matthew Meyer would say he took too many threes yesterday. He was he was one from ten. But a lot of these guys, they they get three, four, five three pointers a game, and they're good ones. And it's a matter of knocking it down. Think back to R.J. Melendez in the middle of the season, right? We we know he's a good shooter. I think he shoots eighty some percent from the free throw line. It was mental with him. So it's not not an all yeah all the same for for every different kind of person, but. Um, yeah, this team this team is good and this team is bad. And uh, as I, I said Friday, and I've said for about two months, whatever prediction you have for these next four weeks, okay, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll see. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't really take that prediction and put it into a an app or 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 an actual place like in Vegas. Uh, I haven't or do even do so at your own peril. Haven't even bothered to look at who the favorites are, but I imagine that there are like six or eight teams that are very similar as far as odds. Oh, yeah. You mean just to win this Big Ten tournament? Win the Big Ten tournament, win the, win the big tournament at the end of the year. I, uh, I saw some simulation. Illinois to win the Big Ten tournament. Not betting odds, but simulation odds was like at 3%, 3 to 4%. But I, 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 I would not be surprised, except that four games in four days is hard. Um, but the further you get, the more you're going to face teams that are a little more secure in their their NCAA uh, projection and where they're going to be and may not have as much to play for. So it's not unusual to see a middle seed at least make it to championship mm-hmm. Sunday. Yeah, well, uh, was Iowa? Iowa won it last year, but they were the two seed, I guess. Were they? Yeah, yeah because Illinois and them tied for... No, Wisconsin tied, so they yeah. they couldn't have been. Yeah, I'm thinking back I to think another year. I think they were like year. a five. That sounds like right. That. But either way, uh, uh, even though the Illini lost twice to Penn State, I like this draw that the Illini got. I know you could have gotten some resume building wins had you ended up on, in that eight nine game and got say in Indiana and then Purdue. But I'm not going to be surprised, and I could probably look it up, and it's going to come out Thursday. Illinois is going to be favored against Penn State. 
they're going to be the favorite. I don't care that they lost twice. They're still going to be the favorite. And then you've got a, a Northwestern team that, that you just took care of a, a couple, three weeks ago when you unlocked the, the athletic lineup that, that was very successful yesterday against Zach Eady. And then you've got Maryland on a neutral floor, who is a very average team when they're not playing in College Park. So... It, it could happen, or or they could go home on Thursday. <laughs> well, yeah, they they could based on how. Uh, I think every team has a little bit of a kryptonite because, as we saw on Thursday night, Illinois just owns the Wolverines, just <laughs> owns them. And I know you may want to own Iowa instead or Indiana, but it's still pretty sweet for Illini fans to see. Michigan, what is it, six in a row? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of funny. That's that's a lot of the Big Ten. Yeah. Iowa just ended a long losing streak against Illinois this year. Northwestern hadn't beat Brad in like half a decade yeah. until they won this year. Illinois has been the best team of the Big Ten for about four years now. Yeah, but for whatever reason, like Penn State has has the, the piece of kryptonite. They, they know how to solve the Illinois puzzle and and have beat them but when i saw that they're going to draw penn state i know a lot of you're going well shoot lost to them twice i i have actually a lot of reason to believe that illinois will win that game they do not want to lose three times to penn state i think they know at this point exactly what's gone wrong Mm -hmm. in two games against them exactly yeah you're not going to put a 6'2 150 pound point guard on freaking Jalen Pickett, who's a grown man out there. You're not going to do that anymore, okay? Sincere Harris, Jay Neps, thank you for your service, but you're not guarding Jalen Pickett anymore. Yeah. We also saw yesterday the issues that are there. There is no point guard. Mm-hmm. Nope. There's people playing point guard, right. but there is no point guard on the floor. And and I don't know what the prognosis is for Jalen Epps any more than anybody else, but um, I'm not expecting to see him this week. No. No, I uh, wishing him all the best. Just as scary as that sounded last week, I, I don't know if you you can really count on him at all the the rest of the year. So it, yeah, it's, I mean, it's even if it even is cleared, is he really starting and playing starters minutes? Yeah, uh, just yeah, ab- absolutely scary. So it's it's on those upperclassmen. It's Terrence Shannon. It's Coleman Hawkins. It's going to be the freshman Ty Rogers as well, who who's going to have to to handle the ball. There, they aren't point guards, but somebody's going to have to play the position. So they can't use that excuse. Uh, Shauna Green is coming up here in a few minutes. We'll talk with her about the close to the regular season in the Big Ten tournament, and then um, the upcoming NCAA tournament. So we'll see where, where the confidence meter lies for the coach. But there's no more games to play. You can't play where yourself in or out anymore with the with for the women on the NCAA tournament. So we'll, we'll, we'll talk with her. But one more point I wanted to offer. Uh, I, I'm sure this was a topic yesterday. Uh, or maybe it wasn't. But it seems to be coming up. And I just keep overhearing it. It's like, can we be done? Are you all done now with Coleman Hawkins? <laughs> like, the guy sometimes makes mistakes. Phenomenal play yesterday. By the way, R.J. Melendez was really good on mm-hmm. defense yesterday and hit a hit a big shot. But um, Coleman Hawkins is absolutely everything to Illinois on the floor, offensively and defensively. And what he did with Zach Eady was brilliant. I'm sure they took that tape 
from yesterday's game and they put it away and they're getting ready to send it to some NBA scouts when this season wraps up because he had on display every reason why he, he's going to get drafted, whether it's this year or next year. Um, he, he just does everything. He guards one through five. He brings the ball up. He, he shoots. He rebounds, plays defense. Uh, I, I mean, he, he's... I think he's matured this year. As you heard comments early on in the year saying, you know, we're not hard enough on the freshmen. Well, that's you, dog. I mean, you're the one who's been here the longest. You've got to be that leader. You've got got yeah. to, you know, be be the one that that's that calming influence and and taking on the the best big guy on the other team and, and bringing the ball up. And I think Coleman Hawkins has just grown up immensely over the last month or two and, and yeah he's gonna make mistakes everybody makes mistakes here's a hint guys we're all human but uh yeah coleman hawkins he's that dude phaser law office invites you to attend their free seminar the seven secrets you need to know to protect your home assets family in perilous times join thorpe phaser and phaser law office at i hotel and conference center wednesday march 8th at 1 30 reserve your space by calling phaser law office at 337-1111. That's 337-1111. All right, we switch to women's hoops and do our weekly segment with Shauna Green. They have an off week this week before getting ready for uh, before playing in the NCAA tournament next week. We'll talk to the coach in a moment. You're listening to Sports Talk on DWS. Illini family, this is Brett Beal. You've got the home of Illinois football. News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM. Glad to be with you on a Monday. Coming up in hour number two, the Esquire, News Gazette, Sports Writers, AlignHQ.com. We'll be talking with Josh Whitman live and in person at the Esquire. So you can join them there. But right now, uh, one of his employees is Shauna Green, and she's also the head coach of Illinois women's basketball. And she joins us now on the line. Coach, uh, good to have you with us again. The regular season is over. The Big Ten tournament season is over. Next week is March Madness. So what is this week? Yeah, we uh, had a couple days off this weekend after we were done playing and and got back late Saturday night, so gave them yesterday off, and and we got back to it this morning um, and had a really good practice. So we'll we'll practice a couple days and an off day a couple days and kind of, you know, then – find out, you know, selection Sunday and, and find out who we're playing, where we're going, and, and, and go from there. Who we're playing and where we're going, that's the talk of someone who believes they're going somewhere and playing someone. Yeah, I mean, I would be, you know, I, I would be shocked if we weren't. We finished sixth place, you know, in the in the Big Ten, and, and they have us projected in. They have, you know, Purdue, who finished behind us, projected to be in. So um, I'd firmly believe we've done enough work uh, to, 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 you know, for the selection committee to, you know, put us in. Well, I, I, I agree with you, but I just wanted to see where that confidence meter was lying for you because, <laughs> because I, you can't find anybody that says you're not in. You can't. And, and yeah. you know, usually the bracketologists know. Uh, they may mm-hmm. miss one or two, but it's more on the bubble kind of side of things, or yeah. if an AQ pushes one out. So, mm-hmm. um, I know you probably you want to wait until you hear and see your name on the board, but it it seems like uh, it's it's bound to happen. As we're talking with uh, Shauna Green here, so so what is preparation like? Is this is this a week about you or potential opponents? Yeah, no, this is a week just totally about us, and and you know staying sharp, cleaning some things up, you know staying in shape because uh, it's it's really two weeks that you haven't played a, a game. So 
Um, you know, this week is is always just about how do we get better and, and how do we stay kind of on top of our game because um, you don't know who you're going to play. You have no idea, you know, what style it is. Um, so we'll just work on ourselves in, in all aspects of it, you know, our man offense, zone offense, our man defense, our zone defense, special situ- situations, um, and, and just really just stay sharp. Talking with Shauna Green. Yeah, Shauna, that's what I, I wanted to ask about. It is going to be two weeks without games. That that does not happen during the regular season, and you've done this a, a time or two. So what do you notice about teams during that, that time off and then when you get back into games uh, when the NCAA tournament fires up? Is there a little bit of rust from not playing for a couple weeks? You know, I always think once the NCAA tournament starts, there's so much adrenaline and emotion, and, and everyone's so pumped up to play. You know, I haven't, and, and everyone's kind of in the same boat besides, you know, some of the conference tournaments that played this weekend, um, and they got a little bit shorter shorter turnaround. So uh, at this point, again, if you're not ready to play uh, in the state tournament, then you've got some problems. But uh, we'll try to, you know, simulate a game and a scrimmage with our practice guys um, a couple times throughout just to, just to get that game wind and get up and down and, and stay sharp in terms of that. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, it's a little bit different too. Last year, you know, last year in the NCAA tournament, we played on, you know, we were in the first four, so I think we played Wednesday. So it was a little bit shorter of a break, but, uh, you know, it, it is what it is. And, and you just, you work around it and schedule accordingly. Yeah. And, and I just want to go back to this weekend, uh, up at Minneapolis with the big 10 tournament went one and one, uh, got, got the season sweep of Rutgers and, and then fell to Maryland again. Just how'd you feel about your team's performance, uh, especially playing shorthanded as you have here the last few games? Yeah, I thought we played, we played great against Rutgers. I mean, we took care of business from the start. We were sharp defensively, really locked into our, our game plan. We shot the ball, you know, at an elite level. We shot 60% from the field and, you know, everyone was hitting. So I was really, really happy with how we came out that game um, and played with great confidence. And then Maryland, you know, the next night, it's just, that was hard with, uh, you know, just matchup wise with, with being a little bit shorthanded. Um, they're so big across the board where not having a Bryn, you know, it, it kind of hurts in, in some matchups. Um, but, you know, we, we played well again for three quarters. And the second, it was the third quarter at their place that killed us. And it was the second quarter uh, on, on Saturday or on Friday, whatever day it was, <laughs> that, that really hurt us. So we got we to gotta get to that point and take that next step where we can put 40 minutes together. Uh, we did get better, though, in terms of handling their press. Um, our, our turnovers were not in the full court press, which we really struggled with the first time we played them. So that was growth. And we just got to continue to grow from these experiences and try to, you know, take that next step in terms of being able to beat, you know, those top top few teams in the league. Shauna, if you could be czar for women's basketball for a moment, would you have this week in between a conference tournament and, and March Madness, or would you rather just keep rolling? You know, I mean, as a as a coach, like, actually, I was thinking about it today, and I think that there's pros and cons to both, you know. Um, some of it's good to just, like, roll right from, uh, you know, Big Ten tournament right into NCAA tournament, but then some of it's good just to have a little bit of a break, kind of regroup, get healthy, uh, you know, get some rest, tighten up some things in terms of your, you know, your team, and then go into the NSA tournament and also be able to kind of enjoy the week. Uh, now, I was, it was different if you're on the, like, truly squarely on the bubble. This week is absolute, it's just torture because, and I'm still not, 
I feel good, but I don't ever feel good until you hear your name. But I know even last year where, you know, we lost in the championship game and, and we were on the bubble and it was a little bit more stressful week because you just freak out the whole week of are you in or not? And you can't do anything about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. What What is your, uh, you know, Makaira's been through it. Bryn's been through it. Um, I Forgive me, but I'm pretty sure Genesis has been through it, at least yeah. on the bench. So what... What do you rely rely on with them having been through it? What are you trying to tell new or young or old or young about going into the the experience of March Madness? Yeah, you know, it, it does help that we have a few kids that have been through it. And, and I actually, Kendall and I were talking about the other day, and I forgot she, uh, her one year at Michigan State, they, they made it. That was a COVID year. So she's also been to an NCAA tournament. So I think, you know, just relying on those guys uh, to help the team. But then it's on our staff and, and just to prepare them for what it's about. And, and and my biggest thing is, especially where we're at in our program, where, you know, this is it's been a long, long time that, that we have made the NCAA tournament, which, you know, I don't, you know, I don't know if anyone thought we'd do it in, in our first year. So I want all of our players and, you know, our – everyone surrounding our program to really just, you know, enjoy the moment and enjoy, you know, the, the week leading into it, enjoy selection show, enjoy the process of all of that. Um, Cause it is like, as a kid, this is what you dream of. This is why you play college basketball is, is to get into the NCAA tournament. So I want all of our kids to really, really just be present and, and take it all in. Yeah, I, I wanted to ask about the formatting of the NCAA tournament with the top 16 teams getting to, to host the first two rounds. I actually kind of like that. I, I think the, a big part of college sports is the, the home environment and the fans. And when you start going to neutral courts and cities that aren't really college fans, you, you lose a, a little bit of that. So how, how do you mm-hmm. feel about playing on somebody's home floor and, and, or, or would you prefer it be all neutral from round one? I mean, I, I totally agree with where you're coming from, but as a coach and being the team that, unless you're hosting, uh, <laughs> <laughs> unless you're the top 16, like, I just think I would love to have it like the men's side where it's all, you know, neutral. And I thought the year that the COVID years where, you know, it was all in one spot and you saw some upsets, it's really hard to go, you know, into these top seeds and, and beat them on their home court. You know, I know when I was, an assistant at Dayton in the year we made the Elite Eight, we had to beat Kentucky on their home floor, and it was you know, it was really, really hard. And, and so there's not a lot of upsets on the women's side to get, you know, to Sweet 16, Elite Eight. And I think that, the, you know, having that top 16, you know, have them host, that's a, that's a huge advantage. Mm-hmm. But that's our goal as a program, to get to that spot where we're the ones hosting so then we can take advantage of it. Yeah, and I think that's similar to across the other sports where a top 16 hosts like in softball or baseball or volleyball, mm-hmm. the, the the numbers just show you. Now, obviously, they're all good teams, so maybe that's part mm-hmm. of it, but <laughs> the numbers do show you that they tend tend to advance mm-hmm. from there. Yeah. <laughs> um, I wanted to ask you about three-point shooting, and I, I don't know how to find a new angle on this because – you guys are good at it, and you, you set a program record with made threes. Um, but I, I know it's so much of it is system. It, it, how much of it is system? You know, compared to, to to technique, to form, to just you know being in the gym. Um, is is there kind of a formula that you you or potion there you want to sell to anybody else about how to make threes? 
I think it's a combination of all of those things that you just said. First off, we're very in particular with technique and footwork and follow through and where the ball is and not not dipping it, you know, and pulling it down. Like it's very, very fundamental with us and how we teach it and how we drill it and, and the accountability piece to the technique and footwork. So I think that that's a starting point. And then obviously the players have to do their job of getting in the gym and practicing those reps, um, you know, with discipline and, and the right technique and the right footwork. And then I also think that the system does, it does come into play because our shots, if you look, yeah, we're shooting a high percentage from three, but we're one of the teams that doesn't shoot as many threes. So the threes that we are taking are, are system threes. They're, they're good threes. They're rhythm threes, usually inside out or shots that we know we're going to get and shots that we practice daily out of our offense. So I think when you put all those things together, that's where you can, that's where you get your percentage to be a, a high number. All right, coach. It's a, a week here to get ready for the week that uh, will start it all. And uh, what are, I know you were asked last week if you've had a moment to stop and reflect and, and you said you're kind of staying in the current moment, but with this week off, you're going to reflect it all or is it uh, do that later? You know, I think that there's moments here and there when if, you know, I'm talking to someone or someone reminds me of something or I read something and you're like, oh, yeah, like we've, you know, we've come a long ways. Um, so I think there's moments of reflection and and just, you know, trying to appreciate, OK, we, we've done a lot, but never satisfied and, and never, you know, complacent. You know, I think there's a fine line with that. So, you know, I'm, I'm so proud of, of this team and, and just, you know, from day one to now, like I just, when I think about that, I just, it's kind of amazing because uh, I know how those first, you know, few weeks look like and, and the workouts and, and just everything that we've been through and, and the growing pains and, and just how hard and, and the belief that this team has had. So um, in, in those moments, I'm like, wow, we, we've done a lot and we've come a long ways, but then you know, and my other, then I go right back to, okay, well, you know, once we're in and if we get in this is a tournament, like let's try to go and, and not be satisfied we're in it. Let's go mm-hmm. and, and try to win a game or two. Yep. Sean, I wish you luck. We're going to talk again soon here before the tournament starts, but uh, happy prepping and happy selection Sunday too. <laughs> Thank you so much. I appreciate it. All right. Take Thanks, care. Sean, Sean Green, Thanks. Yep. head coach for Illinois women's hoops. And, uh, she may not have much time right now to stop and reflect, but her agent should. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, they're always working. Somebody ought to be reminding Josh Whitman, right? <laughs> you know, in case you hadn't noticed, women's team's turned around, hasn't it? <laughs> Don't you think? <laughs> All right, thanks to Shauna Green for making some time for us, and she's been good to do that for most every Monday uh, during this season. And, again, Sunday night, they're hoping – it is Sunday night, right, for the women? Yes. Yeah, because the men is Sunday. Mm-hmm. I, I'm making an assumption, but uh, they'll they should hear their name called. If they don't, that would be a great injustice. ESPN, for what it's worth, has them as a nine seed against Ole Miss in the Blacksburg uh, area of the bracket, then where Virginia Tech is projected as a number one. So that's the that's the downfall of being an eight nine. You usually have an even match in the first game, and then mm-hmm. if it goes chalk, you should see a number one. 7 o'clock, Sunday night. There you go. Back in a moment. You're listening to Sports Talk on DWS. 
See you under construction is busy at work right now. If you want to see some really nice pictures, a quick scroll on their Facebook feed, something they recently just did for an industry space and a new office for someone here in town. You can check that out. So if you're a business owner or in charge of a business, you can see that. But how about a space in your home that you spend a lot of time in, your kitchen? Look what they recently did for a new client with a just an impactful design and redo of a kitchen. And if you're thinking about something new, why they have lots that they are building to finish out the Savannah Green subdivision in Urbana. There's some incentives there to be building as well. So all kinds of options, whether you're a new homeowner to be, whether you're a current homeowner or you're in charge of a business, see what CU Under Construction can do with a team of trade experts right under their roof to help with any of the problems, be able to tackle your project as one company and not have to subcontract out. See you under construction. Check them out. See you under construction.com. Hey, Illini family. It's Brad Underwood. Every Illinois basketball game is right here on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM EWS. Carry on on Sports Talk Monday edition. Esquire is next. And they'll be talking to Josh Whitman live and in person at the Esquire. He's the athletic director for U of I, Illinois. Baseball won two of three. Didn't play well in the Sunday finale yesterday. And that was disappointing given that they played really well. Got their best total pitching performance from start to finish on Saturday. The bats were really there. I saw something from Christian Smith, the new uh, transfer from Vanderbilt. Missed a cycle by a couple of feet on Hmm. Friday night. Um, and I'm just, you know, again, I'm, I'm with the team and made, you know, there's probably more objective looks out there, but I think they have the pieces to be in the postseason. You, you got to put it all together. Got to, you got to pitch well. Um, there was a lot of good things that happened over the, over the weekend, but Sunday wasn't one of them. And what's tough there is Illinois and baseball is now six and four. Okay. Mm-hmm. Two losses to Wake Forest. And I'm going to go ahead and say Wake Forest is there's a really good team. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so would have liked better approaches there, but uh, Wake Forest is Wake Forest. But the other two losses were games where you had leads. Mm. And it's not all on pitching, especially yesterday, because there was some other problems. But uh, those are two. Illinois could really be eight and two right now <laughs> and and catching even more eyeballs. Or even so, what, reading some of the national coverage, they're, they're like, okay, we're keeping an eye on you. It's similar start to the famed season that was not back in, in 2020 uh got off to a, a pretty good start against some good teams and, and then <laughs> the season was ended so mm-hmm. you didn't get to see it but uh Saturday starter no walks that that sounds like that's a huge key for him and no walks for the entire staff I, I think any team w- would take that uh, on a day but uh sounds like they've got something in Vera coming out of the the bullpen O'Reilly uh, Gowans gets things going on, on Friday and They've got hitters, <laughs> yeah. hitters galore up and down that lineup. Have you seen any pitch clocks? Have you been seeing the pitch clock? Uh, you mean impact the game? Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny. I was just having this conversation with with someone because they were people are still catching up on the changes in MLB, which I, I it's funny just because if you, it's all we've been hit with in terms <laughs> of major league coverage, coverage is all the. But if you haven't been paying attention, then you're like, oh, there's going to be a pitch clock. Oh, yeah, that's right. And you're starting to learn all the impact. Well, college has it, too. Mm-hmm. I've seen 10 games, two, maybe three pitch clock violations. Oh. One of them was a result of pitcher and catcher not getting a signal in on the, at the right time. And, you know, people say, well, has it made a difference? 
I'm going to say my early uh, thing is no. It has not made a difference. It will make a difference in time, the total time, in Major League Baseball. It will make a difference, but not in college. The reason being, you cannot overcome walks. Yeah. And when Saturday's game was two and a half hours, because there was no very <laughs> few walks. Funny how, funny how that works. But when teams combine for 10, 15, 20 walks, which happens, these are younger players. They're inconsistent mm-hmm. with their with their command. When that happens, you still get three-hour games. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, and the TV timeouts aren't like what they are in big league baseball. It's 120 seconds between innings. I think big, big league is getting that shorter now. But that sounds uh, about right, like one twenty, one forty. Yeah, but big league, big leaguers have more command. There's not as many walks mm-hmm. in big league baseball. Um, so I, I feel like it's a solution in, serve, in search of a problem at the college level. I'm not totally opposed to it in the big league level. The one which I don't know where it stands. The, the, the rule I disparage the most is the limit on the throws to pickoff throws, mm-hmm. which is not at college, but it is in, in the big leagues. I just that's that's artificially limiting the game <laughs> that's the game it's you know this guy could steal and i don't want him to steal but at the same time i have to throw at some point i have to throw we can't be out here all day there's no clock on there shouldn't be a clock on me to force it but either way at some point you just have to throw mm-hmm. home and just pitch let outs, this thing go pitch outs aren't fun what's the fun of a pitch out so i don't mind yeah. a pitch out i think that's <laughs> but i see strategy to it Oh, that's that. I is, wouldn't. I wouldn't outlaw them. That that is true. But yeah, I, I think like it I'm intentionally to, pitching a ball because I'm so worried about that guy there. <laughs> that's strategy. That that is. I, I I like I like hitting runs and action and all that good stuff. That that one's weird. It's kind of like when they did away with pitching on intentional walks. Okay, you're saving us about four seconds per game. So I'm glad we we got that rule taken care of. But uh, that that it, makes it, sense it, as far as the the pitch clock for for college and them implementing it now so, or in the college level so you, you don't start forming bad habits and yeah. you got all these cranky guys yelling at the clouds like Max Scherzer and Rich Hill. It's like, guys, adapt or die. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's how this game is. <laughs> I I really trust Max Scherzer to both adapt and yell while doing it. <laughs> <laughs> because he, he was... One of the guys who found an early loophole, apparently each, the batter and the pitcher, get one timeout per at-bat, and he called, he, he got ready to pitch, he calls time, so everybody gets time, but he's already ready, he called time in the, the interest of strategy, the batter stepped out, now he's trying to dig back in, as soon as he gets set, Max Scherzer pitches it. Mm-hmm. And the batter must be set, Eight. alert to the pitcher mm-hmm. with 10 seconds remaining? Or is it less with... I'm sorry, that is baseball. That's college baseball. Okay. It's like the eight bur- or seven, something mm-hmm. like that. Must be alert to the pitcher. That doesn't mean like, oh, you had a toe in it. It means you're you're ready to take a pitch <laughs> or a strike is called. So anyway, I, I don't see the pitch clock having much of an impact at the college level, uh, and maybe it will at the major league level. And if games are a little quicker, I'm, I'm willing to swallow that pill. I just don't like artificial limits on the on the game. With throwovers and all this other stuff, the shift. Uh, they they found of, they found ways around that too. I saw Joe Gallo get a, a left fielder playing the rover against him. So, yeah, baseball has ways of adapting. But you know what? The rules of baseball. We like to think they've never changed. They have changed. Uh-huh. They've changed and they've changed again and they've changed again. They just don't change at the pace 
that uh, football or even the NBA has changed things over time. So we feel like baseball is this timeless, static sport, and it's not really been. Um, so I don't know. We're trying to figure it out, but some of the people who are who are figuring it out aren't the best characters. And, <laughs> uh, Rob Manfred and all that, and, and I don't know. We'll see. I, oh, I'm wait, just going to keep my faith in the game because mm-hmm. it's a beautiful game. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think regular season will will play it out more. I don't think you get quite the the impression that you will in spring training games. Absolutely meaningless. The the way that the guys approach it is different. So. Um, we'll see March 30th. <laughs> Speaking of that, the, the Cubs just tweeted out that they've won six straight. <laughs> they threw a no-hitter, I believe, over the weekend, too. First no-hitter in team spring training history, I yeah. think. They 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 beat the Mariners today 6-2. to two, So uh, for that, you get a graphic on social media. <laughs> That's all you get. Yeah, you know, they, they've got to go through their spring training as well. How fast can I get this final score out on mm-hmm. the tweeter? Uh, by the way, f- a couple of former Illini, uh, Michael Massey was reading he's uh, in contention to be the starting everyday starting mm-hmm. second baseman with the Kansas City Royals. And former Illini pitcher Nate Lavender getting some run with the Mets in uh, with the big league club in spring training. He mm-hmm. finished off the ninth yesterday against, I believe it was the Cardinals. Um, anyway, so I mean, he was in double A last year. Those are usually where the guys are on their way up. And uh, he, who knows, maybe he makes the roster at some point this year and gets a cup of coffee or ends up in AAA. So there's a number of former Illini in the pros, but wanted to mention a couple of those too. And, of course, Nate Lavender from Hudson nearby over by Bloomington mm-hmm. and Michael Massey, of course, from the Chicago area. So good stuff. All right, we step aside. Um, I have some questions for you. Okay. When we come back, see if you could be an NFL football player. <laughs> You're listening to Sports Talk on DWS. Facer Law Office invites you to attend their free seminar, The Seven Secrets You Need to Know to Protect Your Home, Assets, and Family in Perilous Times. Join Thorpe Facer and Facer Law Office at the I-Hotel Wednesday, March 8th at 1.30. Reserve your space by calling Facer Law Office at 337-1111. All right, Evan, I was reading about questions that were asked in interviews with players at the Combine by NFL uh-huh. teams. Uh, are you an apple or an orange as a person? What? Uh, I don't even know how to answer that. Okay. I'm going to need a little bit of time. <laughs> the An anonymous apple. player said, I chose apple for the simple fact that apples are solid all the way to the core, so you know what you're getting when you pick up an apple. They said, I answered the question right. Apples go rotten pretty quickly and easily. Mm-hmm. They bruise. They're not very tough. I'd like to say I'm an orange. I got some Chipotle questions. One was like, <laughs> if a Chipotle napkin was on the table, are you picking it up or are you throwing it away? Is it clean or is it dirty? These are all. This is this is all I information mean, if, that if, helps if us evaluate if you. If it's an unused napkin, I'm going to leave it because somebody's going to eventually use it. Okay. If I have to choose between a dog and a cat, who am dog. I? Dog. 100%. Not not whether you want one as a pet. Just are you a dog or yeah. are you a cat? Oh yeah, I'm a dog. Okay, I'm a dog. Why? Woof. Okay. <laughs> this player said, "I'm going to choose a dog because that's the mindset I carry every day." Exactly. And why do I wear glasses? So I can see. What kind of a question is that? <laughs> that was the answer. This player said too. <laughs> we'll see what round you go in. <laughs> 
come April. <laughs> Josh Whitman is the guest at the Esquire after the news update. Stay tuned. WDWS Champaign-Urbana.